This is the Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. And welcome to the Bullpen. I'm Patrick Osborne, joined by Brandon Elkins. What up? On this fine Thursday afternoon here on 1027 ESPN. 512-834-1027 is the number here in said bullpen. Stop judging me. I can see it in your eyes. I'm just making sure you're okay, dude. <laughs> I'm just, good, man. You That's... just started choking like three allergies. seconds. Three seconds before the intro hits. I have you're allergies. Over there dying right? in the corner. I'm dying, man. That's okay. What throat is dying? Austin, you know it's it's nasty. Yeah. Nasty. Before I came here, I was allergic to one thing. Now I'm allergic to thirty new things. Now there's one thing you're not. By allergic the way, to. Uh, what was it? Two days ago was my five year anniversary of moving to Austin. So. Yay, me. Did you make the right call? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Look where I'm at, man. You're feeling good about that decision? I wasn't doing that back home. I was bartending with no thought about any sort of future endeavors. I don't know. You, you talk so highly and so much about Seattle. I just figure you're homesick all the time. I mean, I don't miss the cold. I can tell you that. <laughs> you I miss what? a few other perks. Everybody I know from up there, that's the same thing, because I'm a big cold weather guy. Yeah, I know. know. Y'all are weird. Yeah. Well, you know, I grew you guys up. didn't grow up in the cold. You don't get it, and you just didn't, don't you didn't, you get didn't it. Grow up in this depressive heat, but I do get it. But you get, but understand, you still and, aren't used to the heat. Oddly enough, though, I can survive in these weird frozen tundra temperatures. Well, Never, yeah, you go to Maine every year. Yeah, but it's weird. You go right when the weather starts changing in Maine, where it's grew not that Texas, cold. Though. It's not hot. I'm not from that stock, but I'm all right with it. Nevertheless. I mean, you, well, I mean, you were in what? You know how it is. You I know do. the cold in Washington. You you did the, you went there for four years, right? No, you not were in Cheney quite, for not four quite, years. Not quite okay. four years, but well, you went to school in in Cheney, Washington, Cheney, Washington, that's which correct. is the desert of Washington State the on the east side, mm-hmm. where there's a lots of wind and a lots of weather. All the humidity and moisture is blocked by the Cascades. Mm-hmm. So all the west of the Cascades. Yeah, you're right. Not so quite you, the desert so though. The like you Georges. get that cold, like that cold. I, that's that's what I don't miss. Yeah, the I do the the sideways rain or the misty rain where you have to literally walk through it. No matter what, you are not blocked. That just like lingers in front of you, like there's a like a spider web of rain droplets in front of you. You just have to. Watch. I hate it. Oh my god! Just tears, tears for the memory of Jimi Hendrix, man. That's all it oh, is. Just yeah. Jimi Hendrix tears. Well, welcome to Thursday. We got a uh, game coming up tonight. If you're, uh, I don't know if you uh, pay much attention. You ever heard of the NFL? I heard they, the they, NFL. They throw a ball around. I heard a former Seahawk is playing tonight as well, who hasn't been really playing well this season. That's correct. Denver Broncos <laughs> just twelve first downs and Sunday's loss to the Raiders. Um, pretty much any excitement about the Broncos uh, that span the offseason is gone now. I'd, I'd, as they I'd host definitely the Colts say tonight, the, it's been deflated a bit. No, I think it's all has gone. Certainly been deflated. Not, I don't think it's all gone. They still, unless you're in D- look, Denver. I am a former Russell Wilson lover. This is how it always goes. He always starts really slow, doesn't quite get the offense going, but by mid to like towards the end of the season, whether they're in or out, dude just lights it up. It was just only a couple years ago where they let him try to do it in the beginning, the whole let Russ cook situation. <laughs> which was a complete disaster after five or six games because they didn't adjust to the rest of the league like they adjusted to them. They were just like, yeah, we got Russ. We can throw it downfield. They'll be fine. And then, uh, I mean, theoretically, they were like, they were like five, right. or five or six and one and barely made the playoffs yeah, after that. Yeah. Uh, well, Broncos are two and two right now. 
I, I think for some, a lot of people, I think it's, it just feels worse than that. I, yeah. it, it doesn't even feel like they've really gotten two wins, even though I they mean, did. Look, he Off- lost to his former team. I'm just saying. The offense in particular is, I think, has really been the biggest disappointment for for, for Denver tonight. I mean. Tonight, well, probably will be tonight as well. But I mean, I mean, this season. Yeah, the only people who aren't surprised by this are Seahawks fans. Yeah, because this is just you how guys it's saw been. it. Yeah. Yes. Now the Colts got their own issues too, setting up a bit of a survival match tonight here for <laughs> Thursday night football. Do you think we'll see Sam Ellinger at least mentioned in the game? Uh, especially if Matt Ryan's not playing very great, very well. He asked me this yesterday, and I really wasn't sure how to answer it, and I still am not sure how to answer. I know he's not. I, I know he's not so. even the he's I not even the so. number two quarterback. But they're really wasting him away by not using his legs because dude can run. Yeah, he can. I I would be very surprised though. I I, I just don't see it happening. Although I, I mean, Matt Ryan's not couldn't playing, hurt. Playing great. Just saying, couldn't hurt. Uh, Colts have a you know not the best looking record out there. Oh two and one. Sounds like another uh, <laughs> local team I've heard about around here. Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Yeah, yeah, they're looking pretty rough too. Uh, Broncos three and one. They Bronx started the season with a loss to your Seahawks yes, offense. Terrible in the red zone that game. Uh, and then of course, okay, hold on. Seahawks defense been very been top five in the league in red zone defense for a while now. Okay. So let's give them a look. All right, thank you. Nathaniel Hackett though became at least briefly a household name with a his decision. Stock. Yeah. That decision to let time run out and then go for a 64-yard field goal? Because he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. Dude's still got a job. I like, mean, that's a bonehead call. Like, that one call right there is be like, look, you're out of here. You're that, set a, that set a very interesting a clown, tone dude. for the rest of the season for the Broncos. They yeah. are going to be mocked quite a bit. Yeah, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> the Subway Sandwich commercial, I can't get over it. I guess Denver, uh, let's see, they're, they're out a few players tonight. They're, uh, Russell Wilson has been cleared. There was some question. Uh, Never a doubt with that guy. He's, he's going to play unless he's in the hospital. Outside linebacker Jonathan Cooper out with a hamstring. Safety P.J. Locke with a concussion. Also uh, offensive lineman Quinn um, uh, Miners out with a hamstring. And outside linebacker Aaron Patrick also with a concussion. All ruled out for tonight. And uh, Denver wide receiver uh, Tyree Cleveland. Uh, Darius Phillips, cornerback, and offensive lineman Billy Turner listed as questionable mm. for tonight. Okay, uh, over Giddy the Col- Colts side though, they're they're uh, they're looking rough. Uh, they do have uh, some some injuries as well, and I've I've lost my list of who's injured for the Colts. But uh, mediocre, I'll tell you that some of their problems are mediocre defense. That's one of them. Yeah, <laughs> the only person <laughs> I know on that I can name Ryan. on that team now is Patrick Sertan because. I, I grew up watching his father, yeah. which is so weird to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one of these two teams is going to sink deeper into the doldrums tonight. Uh, playing at home Broncos, I think they're, yeah, they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Colts. At least we know a horse will win this game between the Colts That's and the right. Broncos. Yeah. That's right. So That's right. yay sports. Yay sports. One, one horse shall win. You know what? I think I'd rather watch a horse race in this game. I'm gonna this watch this one does not and it excite me at all. I'm going to watch a horror movie. Which one? Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Mm. I saw Smile last weekend. Yeah, is that any good? Holy crap. Creepy. I loved it. It was so good. Yeah. It was completely better than I expected and that marketing, woo, that worked. Oh, it's a great it's a great trailer. No, I mean, I'm talking about the marketing they did at the pro sports games. Did you not see that? Oh, no, I wouldn't they, they paid actors to wear the huge ass like, like a, a yellow shirt that says smile on it they went to football games baseball games you name it and they just had someone they paid for them to be in like the nicest section closest to the camera and they just sat there and smiled 
They, they did it. smile, though. The they, entire, had, they had to smile. See, they, was, the entire game. Until they were kicked so out. Because they got kicked out of a few of them. Because people so, were complaining. They were getting comfortable. But, I mean, it just, it was it was genius. I oh, that is good it. marketing, though. was great. I, I, uh, I, I, not have, I did not realize that was a marketing ploy. It, uh, it, it definitely, uh, it, it's definitely a uh, thriller slash horror. Looks good. But it genuinely scared me a few times, and I cannot say many movies can do that to me anymore, especially horror, because I love I can't wait till I can watch it in privacy of my own home. Yes, you'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> uh, so Thursday night football ratings have been. Uh, we've we've talked about this over the past few weeks. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I guess pretty much since the first since week, they of the, started. Since the first week of the season. Yeah. Uh, they posted a bit of an uptick uh, uptick over the previous week. The the local on air simulcast also making up a smaller percentage of the audience. But the uh, Dolphins Bengals, they averaged a five point seven rating, eleven point seven two million viewers. The latest edition of Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime, which is the only way mm-hmm. that you can watch tonight's game or any, for that matter, for the foreseeable future, for years to come. Mm. Uh, so the over the air audience uh, e- easily said to be the smallest of the season here, but um, but Amazon alone, this game garnered eleven point one nine million views. That's up from the previous week's nine point eight five. Still short of the promised thirteen million, though, that we have yet to see from Amazon Prime. I'm still not convinced. You ain't gonna see it tonight. Like this, you know? <laughs> I'd be curious. To see, I can't wait to see what the numbers are for tonight. The, uh, well, I didn't. Yeah, not gonna be great. Yeah, I didn't think they were gonna be really great last week either. But they they turned out to be pretty well. But viewership for the Bengals. Uh, and their win, it jumped thirty seven percent from the Jags Bengals on uh, NFL Network last year. The audience has risen uh, even higher in key young adult demographics. That makes sense. Yeah, because they all have pe- their parents' Amazon Prime account. Well, and they understand it better. Yeah, you know, or or would be more willing to sit and watch it as opposed to say a Gen Xer like me who's sure. like, "Come on, man, give me a TV and a couch. Forget about this TV screen thing." Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, Amazon's got uh, they. The Amazon now owns ni- uh, three of the nine highest ratings in the eighteen to thirty four. A demographic this season. Did they say that more they, than any other NFL broadcaster? Did they say that they expected 13 million viewers a a week? A broadcast, yeah. That was that was the promise of hey, when we take over Thursday night football, we're going to bring you 13 million viewers, and that doesn't include the local market over air broadcasts on television. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, what was the closest you said? It was 11. The closest they came, I think, was uh, yeah, it was eleven point eight seven million. That mm-hmm. was the premiere. Okay, uh, the first time they did it, um, and then since then it dropped a little bit, uh, but um, it picked up a little bit last week. Yeah, so we'll see. But I think you're. I mean, I, I listen. I, I I could not care less about may this see game that, if I tried tonight. Yeah, they may see that later on in the season. Yeah, uh, because a lot of these, you know, a lot of these games don't really matter per se a whole lot towards you know your end goal. So right. they'll probably get better games towards the end of the season, which may bump up viewership. But yeah, that's that's asking a lot. Thirteen million a, a week, especially to start the season for something brand new, yeah. where you just restricted a big portion of the population, almost everybody, too stubborn to know how to do it or want to try. So good luck. Now I give you know, and down the road in the coming years, everybody's just used to it, and this is how it is. It's old hat. The numbers are going to be huge, but for now. I don't know. It, it's just, it, there's a lot of growing pains here, and you get a lot of people. I think you're out there who are like me who are just like I don't want this. Not I don't. Mention, I don't want it exclusively. Uh, I like the option, yeah. but I don't want it to be my only option. You're you're also forgetting the many uh, people who hate Amazon and hate Jeff Bezos and don't want anything to do with anything, any sort of thing that he's doing with the NFL or any sort of sport. Yeah. So. I don't know this to restrict a lot of people like this and in a, in a product that a lot of people don't like anymore. 
it's that's that's a that's a that's a bold choice. We'll yeah. see how it plays off, Cotton. Yeah. You know what else is a bold choice? Bold move, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off for them. It was also a bold choice to put on a pink shirt with an activist logo on it, go sprinting down an NFL stadium, and then it's even bolder to file a police report and then threaten to sue. What is this, Better Call Saul? Yeah. That clown that ran onto the field during the Rams' loss to the yeah. 49ers Monday filed a police report against Rams linebacker Bobby Wagner. <laughs> Now, if if you're like the three or four people on the planet who haven't seen this happen yet, just right before halftime, it was at Levi Stadium there in Santa Clara. This guy ran across the field. He had this. So was it? Was it Levi? It was Levi. Never yeah, mind. it was Levi. Uh, and he had this like pink smoke coming out of this device. So Takaris McKinley came toward him, then Bobby Wagner stepped in and just laid him out hard enough to leave an oh. imprint there on the forty yard line that was noticeable from the TV broadcast. Yep. Uh, according to uh, T- TMZ Sports, this guy's an activist for the Berkeley, California-based animal rights group. Direct action everywhere. He's trying to raise awareness for a trial involving the alleged theft of pigs from a factory farm. You want to get your point across? That's you're, wait. It's not going to work. Like he that. he wants the he doesn't want the pigs stolen from the pig farm. He just says trying to raise awareness for a trial involving. It's probably a trial involving some activist who stole pigs from a farm. Trying to quote unquote liberate the pigs. <laughs> that would be my guess. I don't know. Uh, but Wagner was asked if he was aware of the police report. He says, Yeah, the incident's behind him. He says, I can't focus on it. I'm more concerned, he says, about the security guard that was hurt trying to chase him. Mm-hmm. You just got to do what you got to do. And then he reiterated what he said afterwards that, you know, you never know what these guys are holding on. Yeah. He um, has no reason to worry that nothing's going to come of this. No one's going to take this seriously. No. no. It'll be, it'll be, dis- if it actually gets filed, it'll be dismissed pretty quickly. And Rams head coach Sean McVay also uh, laughing at this. Uh, yeah, he, you're going to put NFL lawyers up against a, uh, a pig activist. Right, Good luck. Right. He says, I think we all know what Bobby's intentions were, and yeah. I support Bobby 100%. Wagner, is what he said. Absolutely. So. Uh, you know who else has weighed in a little bit, not necessarily on this specific incident, but had something to say about Bobby Wagner? Who that? Dallas head coach Mike McCarthy. Oh. And we'll find out just what he had to say about Bobby Wagner coming up. 512-834-1027 is the number here on the bullpen. That is a tease. We'll be back. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Welcome back to the bullpen on this Thursday afternoon. Patrick and Brandon with you. Hello. 512-834-1027 is the number here in the bullpen. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, We've been talking a little football in the bullpen, which always sounds kind of funny. Hey, we can talk whatever in the bullpen. There's no Any, bullpen in football. Anything's game. But you know they talk about other sports in, in the bullpen. I know. Because they're just sitting out there chilling, talking sports like us. Talking just a couple of lovable idiots lovable who like talking idiots. sports with you. Amen. So we were talking about Bobby Wagner and his epic plant of an activist into the uh, 40-yard line on Monday at Levi. And... Uh, Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy actually uh, was asked a little bit at his press conference this week about Bobby Wagner's play and actually uh, whether or not they may have been actually fairly close to signing him in the offseason. I mean, as far as coming close, I mean, I know Dan Quinn and, and Bobby have a, have a relationship. You know, just like anything, there's always a, a business you know side to that component and, and, you know, where we were as far as, you know, the, our young guys and so that was all part of it but you know as far as you know ifs and buts you know I, I never really like to get into that because you know there's a lot of conversations that go on on a yearly basis but I, i'll just say this bobby wagner 
fortunately and unfortunately, I've competed against the Seahawks a lot, uh, but he, he was definitely one of my favorite players, opponent players over the years. I, I just think to his instincts and awareness, I mean, obviously that great defense uh, that they had up there, I, I thought he was such a key cog uh, to, to the way they operated. I, you know, he was a good pressure player, it, just his ability to tackle. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times over the years you, you look at a, you know, a first down run that you think is going to go for seven, eight, nine yards and it's, and it's second and seven, you know, just because of his ability to tackle on the spot. So I have a lot of respect for Bobby Wagner. As you should. Yeah. As you should. I got a lot of respect for Bobby. I got more respect for Bobby Wagner now than I did. Not that I didn't respect him before, but I, I you know, listen, I'll. Look, this is not his first time I was taking cheering. down a, a, a streaker or it's an not. activist or whatever. It's so, um, yeah, very I just, proud you know, of him. I just like it when, when people get what's coming to him. I miss him. I, like I wish it. he was still a Seahawks, Seahawks colors. Let me ask you a question about Mike McCarthy. Does he, does he deserve more credit? Like right now, we talk a lot about Cooper Rush, mm. right? Deservedly. You know, the, the praise he's getting, very deserved. Uh, you know, the stuff that Zeke can do. I, I mean, I, 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 Dan Quinn. You know, we're yes. giving Dan Quinn all kinds of credit because mm-hmm. the, the, the defense looks great. But at what point do we start crediting Mike McCarthy for the fact that they aren't as bad as we thought they were going to be? And, in fact, they're hanging in there. I, I mean, mean, does this have yeah. anything to do with him? Yeah, obviously. He's the head coach. You know, he puts, But how much he, does a head coach really have to do with players playing good? Uh, I mean, look, they come, he held that. I don't, I don't know the whole ins and outs of being a head coach of Nor do the I. NFL, but like, I think I my mean, point, that, that I, you're not that for, you're not, you're good or bad, good or bad. It, it, it falls halfway on the quarterback and halfway on the coach. Sure. So coach gets a lot of credit because he put, you know, he helped shape and mold this team. He helped with offense. I'm sure defense to defensive schemes and, He's the final say on who gets signed and who gets to play and all that stuff. So yeah, you got to give him some, a lot of credit for for this team. Jerry Jones calls it an injustice to not give McCarthy enough the, the credit that he says he deserves. He says, "I don't know how you could say enough about how he's handled this team initially starting out. It's like a picture to me, a boxer, a fighter walking out, just getting hit with the best shot you absolutely could right on his chin, the first step out. How could you get all that back together? Give him his due." Mm. He's managed to right the ship, steady it, and then progressively get his team in shape to play without Dak. It's a team-wide thing. I agree with that that part of the end there more than I agree with... I mean, look, yeah, McCarthy deserves some credit, mm-hmm. but he's never impressed me. No. no he's yet to impress yeah, me. Yeah, he's very underwhelming. So you get a guy like Cooper Rush, who's historically just warmed up a bench. I, and now he's coming out, and, and he's got some natural talent that he's injecting into this Cowboys lineup in the offense. Mm-hmm. How much is that is really Mike McCarthy, you know? I, I, guess I know you this is, give these, are, some, you these are just rhetorical questions. Cre- yeah, I know, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I just I, I don't know if it's an injustice, you know, to say that a guy like Dan Quinn probably deserves a little higher praise right now, a little louder praise. Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy didn't even call. He's not. He didn't Look, even call the plays. He's on the Cowboys. No matter what, he's going to be talked about. It's just the the bias of the bias of the national media. Cowboys are an easy sell, an easy you know, an easy clickbait article you know whatnot that they they just saying the name gets them viewers gets them clicks that's true so i look if they were really bad he'd be getting all the credit for that he'd be getting uh, there would be no no injustice it would be an easy call to to throw it down on the head coach while the team's not doing well so yeah i wouldn't call it an injustice but yeah he he probably should be getting a little more credit than what he's getting it's not so different than what we saw though with uh jason garrett 
I mean, you know, he, the Cowboys made the playoffs in 14, 16, and 18, and all the credit went to guys like Tony Robo, Romo and DeMarco Murray, Jason Witten, Des Bryant. Well, at the end Jason of the day, Garrett these are the guys. Jason was just the guy there clapping. That's all he did, you know, but he deserved, He probably deserved Wasn't a lot he more. play calling at that time, too? Or uh, No, I don't think he was. Mm-hmm. Um no, yeah, he was. He he had to actually he had to give up play calling after the 2012 season. Call all the way up to 2012. I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's the coach's system. It's the coach's scheme. He's he's got his hand in just about everything. I would assume. So I, it's really hard to 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 not. Instead of being three and one, what if the Cowboys were one and three? Again, my would point. we be talking about possibly firing? Of course we would. And bringing Dan Quinn up to the head coaching role. Of course, but yeah. what are we going to say about, we're not going to call McCarthy coach of the year. Oh, absolutely not. Espe- we may if, if Cooper Rush plays the whole year and they make the playoffs. Yeah. you you could There's there's a, an argument there, but we also don't know what's going on with the rest of the offense. We, you know, Where's Zeke been? Where's Tony Pollard? You know, they're, they're, they're there, but they're not making huge plays this year. So, I don't know what my point is with that. I just think he's going to get credit Regardless of them being good or bad, it, it'll just be more out there when it's when they're bad because you don't expect the Cowboys to be that bad. That's, where yeah. you're calling for the coach's head after four games. That's right. No, I agree. Um, the defense really has been the star of the show for the yes. Cowboys this year. In fact, yes. Dan Quinn's defense has really put up some numbers not seen around the Cowboys since the first edition of the 1970s Doomsday. You know, the early 70s. Sure. Uh, Michael Parsons, you know, certainly one of the best defensive players in the NFL right now. Uh, so, and, and when you look at that, they've allowed the third fewest points per game, six fewest yards per game league wide. Additionally, they've allowed the fewest yards per passing attempt and, uh, across the NFL and they've recorded the second most sacks. You can argue that's why this team is three and one. I, I more, think that's more than anything. Why. Yeah. Uh, well, not a hundred percent because obviously rush deserves a lot of credit sure. here, but they're not, you know, they're not blowing out opponents, but no. The Cowboys' defense has kept them in every single game this year, even the first game when they didn't look great at all. It's hard to think that the Cowboys could maybe rise even, you know, take it up another notch yeah. on their defense. But safety Jerron Curse, full participant in yesterday's practice for the first time in more than a month. That'll be helpful. Having him back, that's going to be a huge boost. And he, he says he believes the Cowboys got the NFL's best safety group. He's got, uh, they, yeah. they, they call themselves the three-headed monster sure. with uh, Malik Hooker and uh, Donovan Wilson. Sure. Oh. I don't know them well enough to to give my opinion on that, but look, that defense is balling. So no, they are, they are, uh, and so uh, once again, it looks like we'll be without Dak Pre- Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. I almost called him Dak Prescott. Oh, that's uh, quite the name. Yeah, but uh, McCarthy uh, kind of weighed in a little bit on on his goals for Dak. Well, just you know, had a chance to watch him a little bit before the, you know the pre practice. So just just to continue to work out. I mean, the, the goal right now is to get the strength. You know, he's working on his strength to, to, to grip the football. So that's that's the immediate goal. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, and so the Cowboys playing the Rams this weekend. Mm-hmm. And who are you liking this one? Uh, I think I think the Rams will will pull it out. I think still think I think so too. I think they're the better team. Rams got a great defense, not also. by a lot, but by 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 a quarterback. I'd say yeah. they're they they got the better team. I think they and they defense is a little bit better. That they, defensive line is out of control. They edge the Cowboys certainly uh, on offense, but if they, not defense. But watch out for that offensive line for the Rams. They did not look good last year. They you you would think that they're going to play a lot better this week, but you know Cowboys got some pretty good guys on that defensive line that can power through. One being Micah Parsons. So. Mm-hmm. Could be interesting. Michael Parsons is good at football. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. Uh, over in Houston, the Texans have released starting tight end Pharaoh Brown. He led the team in tight ends and catches uh, and yards. 
They released him uh, earlier this week. He started three games, but he missed the week four loss to the Chargers. He got a hip injury and a shoulder injury. Uh, the emergence of the third-round pick in 2018, Jordan Akins, um, who the Texans brought back in late August on the practice squad, and the signing of O.J. Howard has pretty much made Pharaoh Brown expandable here. So, uh, Bummer for you, sir. Yeah, yeah a little news You're leaving. There. I don't know. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise leaving that team. Who knows? Uh, also, a little injury news uh, out of the Texans' camp. Rookie defensive back Derek Stingley Jr., he's got that bruised arm still. Uh, he suffered that in the loss to the Chargers game on Sunday. Came midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, during practice this morning, though, at Houston Methodist Training Center, he participated as the Texans prepared for their matchup this week against Jacksonville. Second day in a row, though, he was a participant while wearing a brace on his left arm. Uh, looked pretty good against the Chargers. Five tackles. Um, didn't, had, did, hadn't recorded an interception, but uh, had three pass deflections. This injury is the first of his career. Uh, he had a pretty impressive season at LSU. However, uh, he only played three games for him in 20, uh, 2021 in LSU before he tore a ligament in his foot. So, Look, I don't think anyone on the Texans is going to feel bad when they're out because then they don't have to play on that team. That's all I'm saying. All they've got. Good luck to you, Houston. Damian Pierce. That's, that, that's that, is, that is pretty much their lone bright spot. Uh, 131 yards he put up on Sunday. He's been, he's, been just, he's been increasing his production week over week. Two weeks ago against the Bears, he rushed for 89 yards and recorded his first NFL touchdown. Then against the Chargers, 75-yard touchdown in the second quarter. That propelled him to his first 100-yard game of his career. He leads all rookies in rushing with 313, currently 10th in rushing in the NFL. So that's all that the Houston Texans have going for him. That's right great. Uh, hopefully the rest of the league doesn't catch up to the fact that that's pretty much their only good player on the team, and, and, he, has a, and he has a good year. Yeah. Yeah, the one bright spot on that Houston Texans team. Come on, Houston, the one be bright better spot. Indeed, start paying some money for some players. Let's go. You're better than this. I was looking, uh, I was digging through here, and I'm starting to see some grumblings about early MVP watches as we're entering into Week Five here in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's going out on a limb to say that at this, you're probably looking at a 10th straight year of a quarterback winning MVP. Think so? I think so. Yeah, uh-huh. I haven't seen a whole lot from running backs. The only the only running receivers. back that I've heard sort of talked about in the early mix is Saquon Barkley. Okay, that's not surprising. And he's probably better than he's ever been right now. Five and a half yards per carry, career high, 115.8 rushing yards a game and 142.5 y- rushing yards from scrimmage per game. That leads the NFL. Yeah, that's pretty good. Major reason why the Giants are off to this weird 3-1 and one start that they're off to. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's going to stick. But looking, look, looking else down this line, yeah, I mean, the rest of them are all quarterbacks, and I think one of these guys is probably, if he's, if he's not too low now, he's going to rock it up. But uh, number five on, the li- they, on this list here, Justin Herbert, Chargers. I mean, he's hurting. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a clear drop between four and five. You get it to four-year Jalen Hurts, yeah. who I think, if, if he doesn't deserve to be higher on this list already, by the end of the year, he's going to be right there among the, the top yeah. 2 if yeah. he see, if he keeps playing like he is right now. We'll see. He's second among QBs with 205 rushing yards, third among all players with four scores. Leads the league with 9.1 yards per attempt. He's completing a career best 66.7% of his throws. And if the Eagles keep up their undefeated season for much longer, there's no doubt he shoots up this list. That's true. That's fair. Uh number 3 on the list, Lamar Jackson for the Ravens, then Josh Allen with the Bills and number 1, Texone Patrick Mahomes. Oh joy! Yeah, one of the most he, dude, dude's one of the more creative quarterbacks in the league. He is. Um, I think. I think still one some of the of best his, right now. I think some of the things he's done is a little overblown because I've seen it done before from other quarterbacks. But for some reason, if Patrick Mahomes does it, 
it's it's incredible, and no one's ever done that before in the entire existence of the NFL. Uh, he leads the league this year, eighty-two point three QBR. I'm not discounting his outstanding eleven two TD interception talent, ratio. Man, I'm not discounting his talent. I'm just saying some of the things he does is not a big deal. As you're just saying, you're sick of hearing about him. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Well, that's fair enough. Get ready. Yeah, get used to it, though. I know. Because uh, when good. Tom Brady retires, that's the only name you're going to hear about anymore. Oh, God. If that ever I happens. Hope not. Tom Brady, like COVID's going to be gone before Tom Brady retires. All right. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, Packers playing in London for the first time this week. Now, some of the players there at Green Bay, they've already experienced going across the pond to play, which I, I've never, I've never really been on board with this game I over don't there in London. It. I really don't. It just seems like such a slog for the players. Uh, but one of the players who's who's been there before and done this with Green Bay is cornerback Rasul Douglas. Mm. He was on the Eagles when they played the Jags in London back in 2018. In London. And suffice to say, uh, you got Aaron Rodgers out there who's saying, oh, man, I, I wish we had more time in London. This is great. And then you got guys like Rasul Douglas who say, quote, it effing sucked. <laughs> he goes on to say you don't get to do anything there. You you just effing get on a plane, you get over there and effing practice, and then you play the game. And then you get back on a plane and travel effing eight hours somewhere else. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, my man. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, uh, Packers three I and mean, one. Yeah, like, give them a couple days to enjoy the city at least. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, you're forcing these guys to go to get all their stuff and get all their families and get them all to London for two days, and then you're right back here to play a game in a city where I would argue that most of the people laugh when they hear the name football and yeah. then they watch the game being played. And now they're going to Germany this year. Yeah. Yeah, the Bucks like, play the Hawks in a, Germany. I want to know if they're going to give them some time to hang out. It's a cool concept, but it just doesn't seem like there's no point. I get it. You want to you want to expand wanna the build, brand, yeah. But then they're talking about trying to put teams in these markets, and how the hell is that going to work? No thanks. Are they man. only going to get home games then? Because everyone has to travel there. It'd be like your Wednesday night Europe match. Give me a break. Yeah, this win- is so stupid. Wednesday night football in Europe, and then the time screwed up for the West Coast fans because they can't watch it because it's like. Four in the morning, yeah. five in the morning. No thanks. There's just too many. There are too many problems with it to be anything more than like a preseason gimmick. Exactly. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, make it know. a preseason. Yeah. Even then, it shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be doing. That. But uh, yeah, three and one pack, three and one Giants. First London game featuring two teams with a Do winning record. Do you agree? Record. Let us know. Five one two. Your opinion is welcome. is a number. Coming up, baseball season is over, and the postseason. Less than twenty four hours away. Yes, sir. We got a lot to tell you about this, uh, that, and. Uh, Missouri, I'm not, uh, Missouri, Missouri State, um, excuse me, Mississippi State Mississippi head coach State. Mike Leach. Yeah, Mississippi uh, He says he's got a real ambitious plan to fix the NIL. A little baseball, a little college Mike football. Mike Leach action. is going to save the college football ranks. I would love to hear this. He's no dummy. You know he's a lawyer, right? Uh, Dude's smart. You can play one on TV, I'm yeah. sure. So give us a call. We'll talk about some 512-834-1027 is the number here in the bullpen. We'll be right back. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Yeah, I just want to come in and go. Uh oh, Brando's drunk. Buzzed again. We're gonna kick that out of the rotator. <laughs> no, <laughs> never. <laughs> so, on the second to last day of the regular. Oh, by the way, welcome back to the bullpen. Yeah, your opinions are also welcome on they these are. PSAs as well. Go ahead and sound <laughs> off. We'd love to hear about it. Five one two eight three four one zero two seven is the number here. <laughs> Uh, Major League Baseball, game 162 has come and gone, oh. which is always just a... I don't know what to do with my a, hands, man. It's kind of a bit... Well, I'm not paying attention, so do whatever I, you want. Well, Sit no, I'm just one. not used to... I'm, I'm used to, when the season's over, to 
switch my focus, but now I don't have to. Oh, yeah. No, I got a, we got a game tomorrow. you got a team? We got a game got tomorrow, a team baby. Mix. Woo! Uh, on the second to last day of the regular season, Aaron Judge passed Roger Maris. All-time single-season American League home run record. In Arlington. Triple crown. In Texas. Excuse me. Triple crown. Yes. It's going to have to wait. Judge sat out yesterday, the Yankees' last uh, regular season game against the Rangers. Uh, thus ending a year in which he, he wraps things up with a 311 batting average. Just a absolutely That's horrific. Fantastic. Horrifically terrible. That's Ichiro's career batting yeah. average. Uh, Minnesota's Luis Arise. He came into the day with a 315 mark. He went one for one, two walks. He raised it up 316 in the Twins' 10 1 win over the White Sox. Yeah, he got that hit and was immediately taken out of the game. Right. <laughs> uh, that prevented Judge from becoming the first player to win the Triple Crown since Miguel Cabrera did it in 2012 and, and just the second guy to do it since 1967. Do you think we were going to have to wait another 10 years, or do you think Aaron Judge might be on track to do it maybe next year? I think this was a fluke season. Really? Well, yeah. no. Look, I'm not saying he's going to hit 60 home runs that's again. Not, that's not I'm, the word to use. I'm just saying potentially how close Aaron Judge got this year. He's going to focus maybe a little bit more on uh, some timely hitting next year. Yeah, and he could li- do it. Listen, if, if he can hit 60 again next year, then, yeah, the chances are pretty good. I think he'll, he'll probably, probably fix be in the 50s. It. He'll tweak up. The, he'll work on some mechanics. He'll tweak it. He'll choke up here. He'll tighten this up there, and and uh, he'll raise that batting average up to 317 yeah. or something. I don't think year. he wants anything to do with the 60s ever again, honestly. If I was him, he's probably going to focus on you know some contact rather than power. Pro- yeah, He's got yeah. the power. There's no doubt. So Yeah. It was pretty much a foregone conclusion anyway that he that that he didn't he wasn't going to get the triple crown this year. Yeah. Not playing yesterday. Or, yeah, so by not playing yesterday. I did the math here. He got a well-deserved day off. Luis Arise would have had to gone 0 for 8 with with Judge not playing in order for Judge to still win the triple crown. And it being the last game of the season, the there is the season. no way in hell he was ever coming close to that. Now if Judge had gone 3 for 4, he could have raised his average up to 314 and that could have surpassed Arise. He would have had to gone seven for who, seven. Who would have had to go over three? Yeah, <laughs> which he didn't even uh, no, come close right. to that either. Right, uh, but um, he's probably not too dismayed. No. You know, I mean, he 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 still leads in ribbies, and he set that home run mark. It was a big season. For it's him. amazing of all the things he needed to worry about. It was sixty home runs, and not the fact that he was close in the triple crown. Right, like give me a break. In fact, you barely. I I don't even remember hearing him mention that much. No, he might have because I'm. You know, the question was asked at least one point. I'm after, sure he after knew, but yeah, he was more worried about getting booed for getting a base hit. Yeah, yeah, which is <laughs> sad. It's really sad. Dude goes. That's got to be get a little mess you up a little bit. Yeah, you go two for four with like five ribbies. And they boo you? Yeah. Because <laughs> you didn't hit a yeah. home run for them. Ah, uh, welcome to New York. Go what to Boston you, what have where you it's done nicer. For me lately? Go to Boston and Philly where they treat you so much better. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, real better. Uh, so here we are now. We, we, the, 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 the stat leaders, I mean, you know, the numbers are there mm-hmm. for this season. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and guess that Aaron Judge is the AL MVP. Which is a shame. But he should not be the AL MVP. 100%. Agreed. Shohei Otani. In game 162, made history yet again, becoming the first player last night in the World Series era to qualify for leaderboards as both a hitter and a pitcher in the same year. That's bonkers. Nobody ever done that before That's in this era. It really is. Um, oh, he needed. It, it was just in the first inning. He he got. He reached the necessary 162 innings, which qualify all pitchers who reach 162 for the, the leaderboards. He already passed the mark at 502 plate appearances for hitters. Right. Hmm. Um. He led the Angels in both innings pitch and starts as a pitcher. 
uh, as well as games played, played appearances as a hitter, marking yet another historic season. Uh, he went five innings in his 28th and final start of the season, one run, one hit. Um, he actually had a perfect game into the fifth. And that's after taking a no-hitter into the seventh against Oakland. Mm-hmm. Right? Here's the sham thing. Here's the shame. Here's the sad thing, lame thing, whatever you want to call it about baseball. If the Angels would have made the playoffs, he's a shoe in for MVP. I don't Easily. know. I don't know because the, the hype is always going to be around these home, the, Aaron who Judge hits has, the long ball. Aaron Judge has great stats. You yeah, can't no, argue you can, that. No, no doubt. But Otani has better stats on, on a, both sides on a of the ball, so to speak. Terrible team. So the fact that Aaron Judge, they're just gonna they're gonna say that, which is true. They have been on the backs of Aaron Judge for the last two months. Absolutely, no doubt about it. The reason they're still in the postseason is because Aaron Judge is on that team, right. And what he's doing this year. So I I agree with you on the fact that Otani deserves it, but it's only because he's not on a good team that he's not getting it. I, I don't I don't disagree with that because he's not carrying the Angels to the postseason like. Judge just did to one of the most well-known teams in the world because these are some. I mean, pretty. These are these are well-rounded numbers here. Fifteen and nine with a two three three ERA and two hundred nineteen strikeouts dude. as a starter in one hundred and sixty six innings for a non-hitter. That's amazing. Well, he also bat two seventy three with thirty four homers, thirty doubles, eleven stolen bases, ninety five ribbies in one hundred and fifty seven games. Among all AL pitchers, he finished the year third in strikeouts, fourth in ERA, tied for fourth in wins, and he ranked fourth in homers and fifth in OPS. <laughs> so nobody can convince me that Shohei Otani is not the American League MVP this year. Aaron Judge, like you said, did amazing things. Yes. This is better. Yes. But I'd feel like, unless you're like, you know, like the, the inside baseball kind of fan like us, I don't know. I, I, I could see why people, it's not, these numbers are Badass. They're not sexy, mm-hmm. you know, to the average fan who just likes the long ball. Yeah. So again, it it all comes down to how 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 were you? How did you help your team? Yeah. Down the stretch or throughout the season to be successful, and the Angels were successful for two months, and then they just completely imploded. Yeah. Regardless of like the the funny joke on on social media is. Uh, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani went back to back on home runs. They both went three for four. They each had two RBIs, but lost ten to six to mm. the Oakland A's. Yeah. You know, it's just how it is. Sounds That's like just, the two thousand three Rangers to me. It, and so you get it. Like, it's just, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It sucks because Otani one thousand percent deserves MVP. Great, but he's not going to get yeah. it. Uh, he also, even though not not at the top of the mix, he still he in, was in the mix for AL Cy Young too. It's just insane. I mean, obviously, that's going to go to Justin Verlander. He needs to get the hell out of Anaheim. Yeah, like yesterday. And he's unfortunately he's going to leave Mike Trout behind. Who who also says about Otani, uh, he's unbelievable. He says Mike Trout. They need to trade Mike Trout too. Arguably the what best player in all of baseball calls you unbelievable. You're doing something right. John Heyman once said five four years ago that the Mariners had no plan. He did not see any sort of plan in coming to make this team make the playoffs. Ha! You're wrong, dummy. However, what the hell are the Angels doing? Well, uh, they're in the midst of a they have ownership two, change. Exactly. They have two of the best players in all of baseball history, and they're trash. Yeah, they're not focused on the right things. No. Uh, and they're, and and unfortunately, Mike Trout is never going to get a ring because he's got what? Like, not with them. Like eight more years left on that contract. He's going to he be signed. traded. There's no way they're going to keep him. There's no way. The amount that they can still get back for him 
is going to be worth. The I'm price. not going to make a, a, a an assumption on that until after this team is sold and has a new owner. I think that. I mean, that's all but done. I know, but once once all that's finalized, sure. uh, I'll have. A, but, but right now, I'm not convinced that they're going to get rid of him because he's all they've got. Because you know, Shohei Otani. Shohei is a free agent at the end of next year. Mm-hmm. He's so not coming. He's back. not coming back. Hell no. So that. But you know, he's going to stay on the West Coast, which scares the hell out of me because he's gonna, Padres or Dodgers, yeah. Or Giants. Yeah. Or Mariners. Look, there was a time that wouldn't have mattered because there was a time when American League and National League actually mattered. Now it's all muddled up with this interleague crap. One day away from signing him away from the Angels. But something happened because the rumor was he was coming to Seattle. Mm. And then all of a sudden he signed with L.A. We don't know what happened. Probably never will. But look, I don't know if they have the money to sign him, but they might. Yeah. But he's staying on the West Coast. So yeah, I think so. We'll see. I, I think so. So uh, the October baseball begins in hours, a matter of hours. Oh, in fact, uh, just a little less than 24 hours from now, the Rays and Guardians kick off game one of the wild card. Uh, That's going to be such a horrible series. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to get swept, and I think it's going to be the Rays. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Guardians are going to make it out. Uh, Phillies Cardinals also tomorrow. Uh, at, uh, at, uh, let's see. So the, the Rays Guardians, I, this is a 12 Okay, these are Eastern. So 11 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then the Phillies Cardinals is at 1 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. tomorrow evening. Mariners Blue Jays at mm-hmm. th- or actually afternoon at 3 7. And then tomorrow av- evening, the Padres and Mets. That's going to be so. A there's your game. there's your Friday to kick off your uh, 2022 Major League Baseball postseason wild card series. I cannot wait. I, I cannot wait. I, let me tell you, 21 years of pent up energy is ready for tomorrow, and I'm holding it back as much as I can. I'm excited I'm gonna for be you. A, I'm going to be a wreck tomorrow. I'm just letting you know. Like I, I I'd be happy for the Mariners either way, but I, I'm mostly happy about them. I well. I would be happy for him, but I really wouldn't care. The Blue Jays. But I'm happy for him for you. Have not seen Luis Castillo at all this year. Bring it on, baby. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens, man. He's very good. You know, I mean, Kevin Biggio looked pretty good to finish out the year. Vladdy Jr. looked great to finish out the year. Uh, they've got some weapons, they man. Do. They've got but, some weapons there. Look, we've matched up well against them this year, so it's going to be. I th- I don't think anyone's going to get swept in two games. I don't think this. I think this will go to three games. I hope it goes to three games. But look, I, I know I'm biased, but I think they I, I don't bit. know if they'll get by the Astros. They but I think Listen, I think they really have a chance to get by the Blue Jays here. No, I, don't I, think, I the, think they do. Blue Jays are hurt, but they didn't then again so are the Mariners. So And I know the Mariners everybody's hurt this year. The Mariners right, own the, the Yankees in the series, the, the, the season series of the Yankees this mm-hmm. year, right? Yep. I, I still think and the Guardians. That, I still think that figure. if they come up against the Astros or the Yankees in the LCS, that's gonna be a problem. Of course, it, of course it will be, but more so the Astros. But I, I'm if not, they get back, if they get past the Blue Jays, they know they're going to have some home games. They're going to feel confident. They know how to play this team. Y'all will be in unfamiliar territory if you get out of that first round. I know. I'm aware. Uh-huh. I don't care. Although, oh, well, sort of. I mean, because but it's, you're it's talking about a playoff huge nowadays. confidence booster getting out of that. That's getting out alive in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that that. That is not going to be by accident if they win that series. Well, good luck to your Mariners tomorrow, and good luck to everybody else, and uh, I I cannot wait. Uh, One more quick bit of news out of the ballpark. Uh, Before the season started, Albert Pujols announced this is going to be his last year in baseball, and his storied career would finally come to an end. And then he started hitting home runs late in this this season, and people were like, why don't you come back, man? Why don't you you take Babe Ruth 714 and, you know, take number three on the all-time slot, or two, if you're me. Sure. Um... (laughs) 
Gosh. Nice, man. Subtle. That was so subtle. I almost missed it. Uh, I'm glad you did cut it, though. Uh, but now the final chapter, absolutely in the books, just a few pages away as the Cardinals entering the postseason here, and he says he wouldn't have it any other way. He told ESPN, this is how I want to end my career with my fans, with this city. I wouldn't change a thing. So that's it. Once this postseason comes to an end for that's the St. It. Louis Cardinals, that's it. That's it for Robert Pujols. That's it for Yadier Molina. That's it for Adam Wainwright. That's it for this trio of greats that you've been watching for year after year after year in St. Louis. They're gone. And it couldn't have come to a better end for almost all three of them, but especially Albert Pujols. This is like when Stan Musial retired yeah. for the Cardinals. And now we're talking about three of them. Yeah. So that's a huge change of the guard. It's a big deal. But look, the the Cardinals were set up for it because they didn't expect to have Pujols this year. No, because he signed he signed as like a nostalgic thing. Yeah, they've been playing with house money with him this whole year. Yeah, and it paid off, mm-hmm. and it got him to the postseason. Yeah. They're going to be fine. And I and I got to tell you, every time we talk about the Cardinals, we get a big thank you from Kenny Rahmeyer, yeah. who's a huge Cardinals fan. He loves hearing about it on these Austin airwaves. Well, I'm a fan of Kenny Rahmeyer, so I don't big mind time. talking about that big time for him at all. Uh, we are uh, coming up toward the end of the uh, show here on this Thursday afternoon. Wanted to mention something though, out of Mississippi State. Head coach Mike Leach and his <laughs> ambitious plan to quote fix the NIL. It's still weird hearing him as a Mississippi State I know. because I know he he epitomized everything that was Washington State. Yeah, and we miss him dearly. So here we are, fifteen months into the era of name, image, and likeness. And Mike Leach has come to the realization, like so many within the industry, that college sports have effectively been professionalized. So he you says think? the time is now for college athletes to make a choice: Are you a pro? Or are you an amateur? And you have both. Uh, so, so here, here's how it work. Um, for college, if, if they were to, there would be a player draft, salary caps, trades, player cuts. Players who actually were signed as a professional college athlete would not be able to choose their school because they would be drafted. Uh, basically, this whole thing with NILs caught in this purgatory between amateurism and professionalism. But uh, he goes on. He says that players should have a choice. Uh, and then he broke it down as to how he would uh, how he'd like to see this broken down into amateurs and professionals. Amateurs follow similar rules currently applied to collegiate athletes. Unpaid, they can freely transfer, but they would get a one hundred thousand dollar bonus once they graduate from the school uh, from the, that they originally signed from. And if you transfer, you'd give up the bonus. Those choosing to be professionals would be paid a salary from the school, sign a binding contract, could be traded and cut from the team. Still have to attend school. School salary pools are structured similar to the NFL where franchises are limited in their spending. Uh, pros can't choose where they attend college because they're part of a draft that would include all 130 FBS teams. So That's way too complicated. Yeah. Well, and you That's gotta th- way too complicated. you got to think about it from along a couple of lines here uh, as to why this... I mean... Uh, this just sounds like someone who has lost control, uh, lost full control of his of college football. Because the coaches were king... They told you what to do, where to go, and how to do it. Now the kids actually get an opportunity to choose and be where they want to be, where they feel comfortable. If they don't feel comfortable at Mississippi State after one season, they should be allowed to leave regardless of what the head coach thinks of it. It's just how it is. The kids have more control now. These guys need to back off. The uh, it, When you think about it along the lines of this would, this would cause, it, cause issues in terms of pay because basically if you're, if you're a professional – now you're you're hired on as an employee of the university mm-hmm. and you're an employee they're public university so you're also an employee of the state yep. so you have uh these what 
possible antitrust issues on one end and then collective bargaining issues on the other end. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could see it I could see it getting muddled up and stuff like that, but also I don't disagree with him to some extent. I think he's on the right track. Yeah. I just think the way he put it just sounded very uh uh what do you call it? curmudgeon, I think is the best word for it. Well, because like, like I said, these guys want more control, but they want their control back. They had control over their players. Now they don't have full control over their players, and these players are finally getting the benefits that they deserve. What What about the fourth? What about a fourth stringer who, because of injuries to the three pros in front of him, now has to take over top spot? He's not getting paid like they were. Well, what happens think, then? I don't think he should. Under you under should this, if you're going to be starting under this professional model, though. Would uh, I mean? Should Cooper Rush be making as much as Aaron Rodgers? We're talking about Hudson Carr versus Quinn Ewers now. How about that? Or or no, uh, we're not. Charles Schwart was it? Charles Schwart. Charles Wright. Charles Wright. We don't know anything about Charles. What Wright. if he had to come up? You know, the Quinn Ewers is making a, a pretty penny out there. We don't know exactly. Uh, even Hudson Carr's not making any any money com- comparative to Quinn Ewers, who's now the starter for the Texas Longhorns. I'm just saying. I think there needs biggest- to be a better structure when you're when you're the lowest person in the totem pole that catapults up to the top oh i don't believe that just because you got signed that you're automatically owed what the other guy gets you got to earn it that's that's how i feel so if you're the if you're the worst player on the team you get paid like the worst player on the team if that's how they want this nil thing and you want to be treated like a professional but that's my point then you get paid crap salary if you're the crappiest guy on the team that's essentially my point is because yeah if you're going to be in the top spot you're going to stay there you're probably playing well you should get paid that yeah. much too yeah no either way I, it's, it's you know this is one Where's of those the issues. structure for that is all i'm saying i do think that an issue like under leach's plan here you know if you're a pro you can't you you can't choose your school and you could be uh, traded that would that's going to up in and it also says you got to go to school. Yeah, that's going to up in your education right there because exactly. it's like one day you're in class. You're not going to care about classes. And then you get traded from Duke to Wesleyan or something. Yeah. you know I don't know. Anyway, no, that's that what, just doesn't work. Yeah. Just anyway, doesn't. that's going to do it for us today here in the bullpen. We appreciate you joining us. Stick around, Paul Feinbaum's up next. Sports talk with Ed and Beto coming up at four. Holler. We'll see you tomorrow for see the you. Friday edition. Woo!